Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Are you ready for Bible study? Yes, sir! It doesn't make sense to get excited to study the Bible, right? We're not weird for doing that. No, the Word of God, we honor it, we love the Lord with the Word of God. And we're going to be blessed by it so richly. Amen! So, so far we've been in a teaching series called Dimensions. And what we've been doing so far is to establish the dimensions of God's love. First and foremost, we have the vertical love of God where we receive first his love. The Bible says that he first loved us. And then we have a part to reciprocate, to respond in love, right? And that's the vertical relationship of love with God. But there's the expectation that that love flows to everyone around us, right? That's the horizontal love. And last week, we had an amazing time here. We talked about um, building relationships talk even more about dating and, and marriage and God's idea concerning it. But more so, I think there's, there's, there's a type of relationship that has been so neglected in our social space, and you hardly hear teachings about it. And I wanted to bridge that gap with this teaching, and I realized that a lot of us need help in this area, myself included. All right, and we let, we let the word of God just you know, get right at us and, and expose our hearts. Amen. 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 Alright, so the title of today's teaching is Circumference. Circumference, just our fancy way of you know going with the theme of dimensions, right? But if you know what circumference is, it simply means the distance around the circle, right? Basically, the perimeter of the circle. And what we're going to talk about today is how to expand your social influence for the gospel's sake. That's what we're going to talk about. How to leverage and build meaningful, purposeful friendships. That's what this teaching is about. Friendship. Friendship. This month of February, since Valentine, we don't hear when everybody will be, you know. <laughs> and everybody wants to find love. But I feel there's, there's a very powerful relationship that has given every one of us called friendship. And I think we, we take it for granted. Alright? So, I'm just going to um, read one scripture to you. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 3 from verse 16. Then it's not your typical scripture to read when you're talking about this topic, but we'll check it out. But there's this quote that um, Bishop Oyedipo used to, to say a lot of the times, and I think some of you know what that quote is. The quote is, 20 friends, you don't stay friends for 20 years. You've heard that before. Is it true? I think to a very large extent it is. That 20 friends don't stay friends for 20 years, you know, and what I've realized, I don't know about you, I feel it becomes increasingly difficult to maintain and preserve friendships as you grow older. Am I right or am I wrong? Alright, good. And I feel that 
God's idea is if you have the right friendships, meaningful, purposeful friendships, God wants you to preserve them and then take advantage of them. Amen. Amen. You know, when you got saved, something beautiful happened. You know, we say, oh, you know, when I got saved, I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Glory, hallelujah. It's personal. What's your salvation story? You know, it's personal. It's like me and him. Like, it's just us. And I'm like, okay. You know? But as much as that happened, guess what? You were saved not in isolation. You were saved into a family. Right? It's God's family. The Bible calls what they experience baptism by the Spirit. It says, we have not received again the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we receive what? The spirit of adoption. Whereby we call him Abba Father. There's a spirit of adoption that brought you into a family you didn't want to belong to. So when God saved you, he didn't save you to just act. Okay, now they are saved. You know, run along, have fun. I'll come and pick you after school. Imagine this is school. And his coming is, you know, you get what I mean? That's not what he did. He saved you and put you in a family. By the grace of God, we belong not just to a ministry called Vivify. We belong to a global family of God. Whether you are in Iraq, you are in Ukraine, God bless their souls. Wherever you are in the world, you belong to a family. Funny enough, even in countries that are strongly Islamized. Is that how to call it? Is that, is that correct? Islamized. But you know what I mean? Um, our brothers there, if I'm going to go there, I'll call God Allah. Do you understand? I'll greet you, Salam Alaikum. That's just language. But at the end of the day, we have brothers and sisters everywhere in the world. Praise the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters everywhere in the world. So, God wants us to embrace this family. God wants us. And one plan of the enemy that I've seen. Let me ask you a question. Where do you think denominations came from? Can you mention a few denominations we have? Yeah. <laughs> You're mentioning these churches, but yeah, there's apostolic churches, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Anglican, Methodists. Baptists, Charismatics, Systematics. <laughs> I'm joking, but there are a lot of geeks and isms, right? So many, you can't even keep count. What I believe is that that was never God's intent from the onset. Are you following me? I don't believe that that was God's intent from the onset. I believe what God wanted for the church was oneness. Can we read Ephesians quickly? I know I said first John, but we'll go there. Can we read Ephesians? Praise the name of Jesus. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I'm going to read from verse 3. Ephesians 4, verse 3. So this is Paul speaking. He says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of what? You're called if there's any word that stands out here, it's what word? One. 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 So the idea God has for the church is a sense of unity, a sense of oneness. Praise the 
of Jesus. Yeah. I know that we have doctrinal differences. I know that we have different backgrounds. You go to redeem, you go to deeper life, you go to this church. But God's intention for the church originally was oneness. Yes, you can have different labels, different local assemblies, but there must be something that unites us, and it's our doctrinal beliefs. What we believe about God and His Lord Jesus and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Very, very important. So when God saved you, God saved you into a family. He didn't want you isolated. And I'll tell you why. You know this simple illustration that we have, where you have a broomstick. When you try to break or bend a broomstick, what happens? It snaps. If I give you an entire broom where I break it, you try to share your muscles more, but you will struggle, right? Because there's something about numbers. There's something about support. There's something about coming together to achieve a thing. Praise the name of Jesus. And that's why God intended that we are not saved in isolation. We are saved in unity. We are saved into a family. Praise the name of Jesus. One part of the enemy that I've noticed is whenever something is wrong, like some of you can relate, right? Are you with me? Yes, some of you can relate to this. If you ever get to a point in your walk with God where you start to make mistakes, you start to, whether it's a bad habit, whether it's just you messed up big time, somehow, maybe the next Sunday, you just think, ah, let me just see this one out. I don't feel like, I feel like people will just, even when people just meet you, go to church, Abraham, you start judging me, oh God, they know. <laughs> you know, and then the next week, you, you stop coming to church, I'll just stream live. And then next week, I don't even feel like, let me just sleep, I'm tired, I'm working my nine to five. And then week after week, you just realize, you're not fellowshipping anymore. You're not in the community of believers anymore. And guess what? That problem that's holding you down starts to grow and grow. If there's any tactic of the enemy, it's isolation. If there's any, listen to me, this is very important. If there's any weapon, that the enemy would use to bring you down is with what? Isolation. Isolation. It was never God's design. So when you start to realize that someone who has been so fervent, so involved, so participatory, and they start to shift away, something is happening. And it takes sensitivity for you as believers to detect it and reach out to such a person, right? But God's plan again is what? Is to bring you into a family, to bring you into a place where you have support. Praise the name of Jesus. So let's go to First John three sixteen quickly. First John three sixteen. Uh, I know we say this all the time. First John three sixteen is a response to John three sixteen. John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He did what? He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him will what?" Don't perish, but have everlasting life. Now, First John three sixteen tells us our response to that idea. It says, "Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for what?" I've read this verse casually before, and then when I had understanding, I read this verse and I said, "Hey, Jesus, please." <laughs> The implications are huge. How do you perceive the love of God? Because he did what? Because he laid 
How will people perceive your love? When you lay down your life for them. That's huge. Now I'm not saying <laughs> you say, my brother, I love you so much. I will prove it. Give me that kitchen knife. <laughs> Let me lay down and avenge. There's a difference between suicide and sacrifice. Amen. Amen. But I think God's idea is that you're willing to go the extra mile for that friend, for that brother, for that sister. If it means taking the only clothes you have off your back so that they have one, you do it. So it's laying down your life. It could, it, I believe it's laying down your life in service to them. But if it means your life, go ahead. Do you know what I mean? I, I was touched by a, a story that happened in uh, one of this, I can't remember if it's, um, I think it was China. So you know in China, um, there's a lot of antagonism against Christianity there. It's heavy. To the point that they only have, they can only afford to have underground churches. So word got around, the, the officials found out that there's one particular church in, I think, Tianjin in China, and they got to the church. Everybody lied down. This is this, this and these guys were not just officials as in police, but these were vigilantes. These were people that were against Christianity, literally. You know. So it came with their guns, you know, tell everybody to lie down, you know, and like you're going to kill everyone there. You're going to kill everyone there. And then something remarkable happened. The pastor of the church was there. He came in front of them. He said, I'm not armed. But I beg you, do not take any single life here. Take mine instead. Do you know what he was negotiating with them? He was giving them reasons why they should kill you over them. He was like, see, if you kill these people, you're just mass murderers. But if you kill me, this church will stop. In a sense, he knew that it will stop, right? But if you kill me, I'll delete that here. Everything will destroy. Kill me, take me, take my life. Thankfully, they just detained him because they were surprised. They were like, is this guy? Why would I wish I had the article out of how I showed you? Why would someone want to it doesn't make logical sense? You are begging me to ah who are you? You wanted to find out what's wrong with this guy. They took him, detained him, questioned him. And then the story said that after a while he was willing to convince some of them about the faith. They saw that this guy is no criminal, he's not doing any offense. And they let him go eventually. What I'm trying to tell you is this. If it means you have to lay down your life literally, my brother, my sister, go ahead. Let me show you the disposition. See, the disposition of the early Christians, I feel many of us don't have it. In, in, in Lagos, we have a survival instinct. Naturally, everybody fending for themselves. It's me, myself, and I. I have to survive. That that's what you Driver, you know, we have, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. It, it's hard enough so much that we're not willing to see beyond now. The early Christians, during the, the reign of the Roman Emperor Nero, he persecuted Christians in heaven. And so there are different ways they would kill them. They would either put them on a pole and burn them alive, or they would put them in the arena, the circus. Have lions eat them. This is real, real life. So your your brothers, there and sisters in the faith went through that. But do you know in all these things, 
whenever they were persecuted, these guys would stand together. I watched a, they remade a documentary just to illustrate how it was. These guys, they would put their children, young children, women, men, all together, put them in that circus. And people are watching it for sport. Literally watching it, cheering, yay! And you see these guys kneeling down. Oh Lord my God, when I also wonder, singing hymns to their last breath, looking forward to that blessed resurrection. Guys, if you're going to live as believers that love, must willing to look beyond now. If it means that you have to sacrifice what you have for the next person, why not believe that God can provide your needs? And God is using you to provide that other person's need. Amen. Do you know how God provides needs? Can I, do you have an idea? If now you say, God, you know my heart, I need one million naira to start that business. I say, ah, nice one. Uh, you spoke so well. I like your diction. Uh, check, check. Uh, Angel Michael, help me cast this check. Mm. And then, you know, one aeroplane just fly. <laughs> and the parachute just drops in front of your door. Boom. And you see, check. Oh, thank you. Do you have my elbow? Is that the thing? Is that how it happens? You tell God, this is what I need. Valid reason, valid need. What, what happens? He just somehow touches somebody in the faith. Give that brother, brother Ayo, give him something. He needs money. And he just, I, I don't know, I just felt like blessing you with this. So just money is small to me, you know, Somebody say amen. Amen. I receive it. I put my name here. I receive it. I know that's ahead of you, wake up. Hey! Money. <laughs> but imagine that, imagine that, in, in, his, in his mind, he's like, I prayed this and God made money for this person. That's how he does it. He meets people's needs with people. He uses people to meet people's needs. Do you understand what I mean? Even think about even the greatest spiritual need, which is salvation. When he appeared to Paul on the road of Damascus, do you know Jesus didn't preach the gospel to you? He said, go to meet a man called Ananias. He will show you the words by which you be saved. When he commissioned, if I were Jesus and I was going to simplify my work, after, you know, they killed me and I come back from the grave, I will just, one day, and you watch those Avatar movies now, Avatar State, I will just rise in the air, your whole Jerusalem, Woo! Israel will see me. I told you, told you, told you. And announcing everybody in the world will see. What did he do? When he resurrected, he met only the people that believed in him. And commissioned these people go and tell the world. He didn't send angels, he sent men. So literally, you can be the gift of God to someone else. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Let me tell you why fellowship is very important and friendship. And I'm going to give you some points because by the end of today, my goal is this. I want you to be very strategic and intentional about making new friends. I know it's weird to have a teaching on friendship, but it's important. See, let me tell you. When I thought about my life, I realized that I've had so many interesting people all friends, acquaintances. But when I think about it again, I'm like, you know, it's possible for you to be surrounded by many, but friends of you. 
Like you can be so surrounded, but you don't have relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, as you progress, you know, it's very easy. Probably one, you know, you want to make friends. Your parents say, be a good boy in school, be a good girl, you go. And how do you make friends? The first person that offers you seats, oh, you give me thumb thumb, you're my friend. Very simple, simple life. Secondary school. Mm. Some people make friends because, oh, yeah, science, science, nice. I'm science class, I'm art class, you know. Cool. But as time progresses, it gets increasingly difficult to make friends. Mm. Increasingly difficult to stay friends. Especially if you have friends that betray you. I've had many friends that betray you. And it's a lot. You just tell that friend, man, man, this is how I'm doing, man. Man, man, I stole, I stole that. I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't have done I stole that meat, you know, in the kitchen. I'm just giving it very funny example. I stole that meat in the kitchen. I'm like, oh man, don't do it again, okay? Alright, don't worry about it, okay? Now get home. Come here! They meet in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. Only to find out that he was a friend. Or you had a crush on that guy. Like that guy, you know? And then the next day you find out the guy knows. <laughs> but I think girls are very good with that thing. I think girls know how to keep secrets very well. You can like a guy, and you might be friends with that friend, but you will never know. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? You guys are good. But imagine, <laughs> but imagine you trusted someone with such a heavy secret. Maybe your parents are about to separate. And you start to hear from people that you'll be betrayed, right? Yeah. You betray my trust. And life happens. You grow, grow, have friends, you lose some, you make some, you lose some. But God's intention is for you to form strategic friendships and be purposeful about your friendship. You don't need to. You can have just bodies, though. You can have people that you can yam. Ah, did you hear what this? Ah, my dear sister. And you're just talking, it's fine. But you need to have friends that are purposeful. Amen. See, as you grow older, you can't joke with your life anymore. As the, the plans and purposes God has for your life grows, you can't joke anymore with this thing called friendship at all. At all. The first thing I'll say is, and, and this is just to give you things to do, you know, when it comes to friendship. Number one is provoking one another to good works. This is a very powerful reason for friendship. And I might interchange the words friendship and fellowship, but by the grace of God, this should mean something very similar, right? You have a fel- an immediate fellowship here. See, let me, let me, let me, uh, maybe I'll, I'll talk about this much later. But I believe that making friends, uh, how do I say this? You know, you, it's, it's important to make right friends, right? Do you agree? Yes, Keep the right association because it changes everything about your life. I'm telling you. Let me give you an idea. Let me show you how powerful friendship, uh, the influence of friendship is. There was a day, you know, I'd already planned, this was back in school, I already planned my day. I said, after I go to the chapel, the university chapel, I'll do this, I'll go and pray, I'll do that. I was like, yes, you know, ah, I knew what I was doing. I was so focused. 
as I was walking, anybody talks to me, God bless you. Then <laughs> you, see you later. I was going. My friend just came. Hey, Ken, how far now? Man, let's go to Cap, man. They have this nice chicken. This, this, this. I got that, but um, I, I, I want to. No, no, guys, don't take the two things I've seen. Just, just, just pay. Uh, okay, okay, let's just, um, let's, let's check. Something that should be 10 minutes. Two hours. Two hours. Because when you get there, you see somebody else. <laughs> Just like that, all my plans because one person suggested. Ah, my God. Friendship is important, especially the right friends, right? But let me tell you something. I believe you can have an inner circle, but when it comes to making friends, see, leave it open. Mm. Mm. It's an angle, don't worry, I'll teach you. Angle. See, make friends easily. If they ask you how many friends, I have probably you can just tell them I have about hundred friends. I'm serious. You can tell me be easily friendly. Build your network. Make friends easily. I'll talk about this much more. Do you understand? You can have an inner circle. Do you understand me? But when it comes to making friends, open the door. Open the door for the gospel's sake. Open the door. Amen. Amen. We'll get to that. But let's go to uh, Hebrews 10. So I said provoking one uh, one another to good works. Hebrews 10 from verse 24. Oh, this is exciting. This scripture is so beautiful. I'm going to read from 24 to 25. Are you there? Sir. Or are you on the screen? <laughs> Alright, look at this. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and what? Say this again. Say it with me. Let's read it together. I want to go. And let us consider one another to what? Provoke unto love and to good works. What does it mean to provoke? That my guy provoked me to buy chicken. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's all about influence. It's all about pushing the person initiating things. Next verse. Verse 25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I love this. If you're saying, bro, go to church. <laughs> Sis, get dressed, go to church. This is what he's saying. Don't ever, if you ever find an opportunity to be gathered with believers who are of like mind, take it. If it means you have to travel down, take it. It's an instruction, don't ever forsake the assembling of yourselves together. While many times online churches are great, and I mean, you might not have the privilege to be physically somewhere, but that's never God's design. God never designed the church to be online. And then relegated to just, you know, set people with, hey, preach pastors, glory, fire, time with fire. <laughs> that's how you're interacting, that's not God's idea. But I guess to see physically, be together, experience things, share things together. As it was in the only days in the early church. So not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Catch your shades. <laughs> but exhorting one another. Look at that. 
about this. But exalting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. He said, even more as you're seeing the days come to an end, as the day when the Lord approaches comes, much more gather together, exalt one another. Left to me, if I'm going to take this literally, and by the way, I believe, this is my own belief, you can decide to believe it or not, but I believe that this 21st century might be the last century. It shocked you. Not Jesus. Why? Jesus is coming soon, guys. Oh my goodness. And I'm not trying to scare you or talk from I am I know. It's coming soon. But ours will not be a response of fear. Amen. Amen. So listen for us. Hallelujah. Everybody will see. There's a quote that says everybody will believe in Jesus. But for some of them, it's too late. Mm. On that last day, he will appear. Everybody will see him. The Bible says every tongue will bow and confess that Jesus is born. Every. For some, it will be too late. But for us, it will be our rejoicing. Amen. Amen. So, left to me, services that used to last for two hours, you know, one hour, you know, what's Let's just have one hour. Then. Who will do this hour stretch? Yes, Lord. He said, even more as you see the day approaching, ah. He was meant that one. <laughs> Do you know, funny enough, in the early church, the Bible says they met daily and followed after their, the doctrine of the apostles. They met every day, had service every day. Ah. <laughs> then, like, those Sunday, no, Sunday is just like I work every day. Sunday is like, I mean, it's my only off day. I can just scream on I'm so tired. Oh my God. What's Josh? This is you, as the man of song is. As you. Let's be, if I'm going to have church, if I'm going to, uh, by the grace of God, we'll have um, our local assemblies established uh, when the Lord gives us the green light. Woo! By the grace Woo! of God. But, see, I don't expect two hours ago. I'm preparing, you don't expect two hours service. No problem, sir. You immerse yourself. You are ready. Even if we are dedicating one hour to meet and greet, mm. fellowship. Just to get to meet people and have fun and, and talk about the grace of God. Ah, we'll do it though. Ah, it's too small. But the idea here is what? Is provoke one another to good works. Let me tell you, there's some of you who you walked into church, were tired, you didn't feel like praying, were almost fed up with God because things are not going well. But you were just in service, you saw that brother lifting holy hands, you saw that sister kneeling down crying, and you too, oh Jesus, I love people. And it provokes you. It just, even without talking to you, you just want to be a part of this. That's what fellowship does. That's what meaningful friendship does. Amen. Amen. Let me bring it out of the scope of church now. And on the basis of friendship, you need to have a practice of intentionally taking advantage of every moment in someone. In every meeting you have with the person, have a, 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 a supernatural, godly, ulterior motive. So I'm calling you to just gist, but guess what? I, I feel like your prayer life is not going straight. So can we pray? Do you what I'm saying? Ah, guys, you see how messy men are, guys, and bad guys, and good. Uh, but man, man, the Lord is happening, man. We need to, I think we need to pray. Can you pray with me for just like a few minutes? Can you pray? 
learn to have random prayer calls. Random or even organized, if you want that. Sometimes you're just like, man, I was, you know, intentionally, I was, I was looking at this place in the Bible, and can we just look at it together? I want to really understand and hear your thoughts about it. Boom, Bible study. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there is a responsibility on you now to be able to lay down your life for your brother in this way even. To serve them. To provoke them. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Have those random phone calls. Drive that friends for evangelism. Say Saturday, I know you want to chill, you want to go to the beach, but let's go to the beach and evangelize them. Mm. Whatever your excuse, let's do the work of God. Strategically, amen. Yes. So take advantage of friendship. See, you need it. Whether it's you giving the help or you asking for the help, make sure it happens. If you're not praying well, you need to have someone with your contact and you can call. Say, I'm not praying. Can we pray for a while? Yes, the <laughs> Um, see, yeah, in these things, it's important to have etiquette, have manners. But sometimes I call people and I just like, I just call them. What's the thing? You have no choice. Follow me. We'll do it for one hour. Yes, I'm sorry I took it to your time. God bless you. Love you. No, that's on rare occasions. Sometimes I, I ask and I go, How are you? Can we pray? You know? But if I know you've been struggling with your prayer life, but the Lord reveals it to me immediately. Hello? Ah, hello. After I know, we can talk. Sometimes I call, how are you? Oh, good to, good to hear from you. Awesome. Ephesians 5. Let's go there, please. So, the people are stopped making my calls. But uh, it's good intentions. Amen. Good intentions. You know, some people have dreams. You know, let me tell you this. We talked about accountability a while ago. Many people had many New Year resolutions. And some of you have been New Year resolutions. How far now? It did. 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 You need to march, and, and the only way to preserve those goals you had at the beginning of the year is accountability. So you told someone, I want to start the business by April. A good friend, someone told you they wanted to start the business, a good friend, by March, or even earlier than March, February, you're saying, how far your business plan? Have you drafted your business plan? Who are the people you want to sponsor? How are you going to get a loan? What's your capital? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's not in April. And I say, ah, hey, have fun. I, I remember you told me you want to have more business. As it started, I'm my friend, though. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. See, I'm saying this because we have to hold each other accountable. Do you understand? Even within the um, leadership of Vivify, I'm accountable to the leaders there. I'm accountable. There's some things I, I neglect, there's some things I forget, and they remind me, oh, PK, you said you're going to do this thing. Let's. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it, everybody needs it. Everyone. So push them, push that friend to write that book. Push that friend to start that business. Push that friend to start that YouTube channel. Push them. Amen. Amen. And then for some of you who know you have friends who, one way or the other, struggle with something, maybe an addiction or a toxic relationship they're in. And, you know, they, for example, they broke up with that guy, but then they, they 
they block the guy on Instagram, but sometimes they unblock him just to be sure he's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Keep them, hold them accountable. Wow, sis, you need to move on. You need to move on. Delete your IG. I'll check again. Like we say, you see them online, they go, yeah, I've got you. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Just hold people accountable. If you know there's someone struggling with an addiction, you need to be on their case as much as possible. Do you understand? Just checking on them. Sometimes, I found this helps. You know, when, when you are in a secret place and you are just alone by yourself, you are in those easy to be susceptible. Sometimes call them, let's go out today. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's go out today, let's hang out somewhere else. We bring them out of their house. We need to hold people accountable. Amen. Yeah. And to provoke one another to good works. And this brings me to the next point. Support and strengthen. Support and strengthen. Now they might sound similar, but they're a bit different. And it's going to go back to what we read in um, in First John three sixteen. When you have a friend, you need to be involved. Are you with me? Be involved. As many friends as you have, be involved in their life. Be the kind of, let me give you a typical example, be the kind of person that will just randomly, how far now? See, your calls might not be up to five minutes, but in that five minutes, you make sure you, you make the best out of it. How far now? Oh, I, you just passed out recently. Ah, congrats, man. Welcome. How's life after, after service? How's it going? Making sense? Ah, nice, nice. Are you looking for a new place? Do you need any help? Is there anybody I can talk to? What, what um, industry are you looking at? Is it fintech? Is it this? Okay, okay, I'll just see if I have anything. But how far now? How's the family? How's everyone? Great. What about the, you told me there was one book you always write. How far with this? You know, in that short time, you're involved, you're updated. And then anything you can do, you help. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. Support. See, sometimes your calls can be to build and to encourage. See, let me tell you, if there's anything we neglect in Africa, it's something called mental health. Do you know what that is? The state of your mind, the health of your mind. See, people don't just wake up one morning and say, I feel like taking a swim on Turbulent Bridge. They get to a point where they can't take it anymore, and they've reached, they've reached their peak. I want to end my life. And in Africa, sad to say, our parents sometimes, they don't help matters. At all. I feel so stressed. I feel like I'm, I'm lonely. I'm getting depressed. Oh, Jerry, stand up. Change it yeah. up, Jerry. Yeah. Stand up. Yeah. 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 Ah, you will rub it on the lid. I'm begging you. Am I wrong? No, sir. What rubbish? Somebody is sad, depressed. Is it? Have you watched Flint? That's why I'm depressed. I've not watched Flint. I've not watched Flint. Have you read your Bible? Yeah. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. Deserve. <laughs> and so, imagine you had a 
terrible. I mean, this guy is, see, I love my mom, but she's a hard guy. She's a hard guy, who, she, you know. I'm like, how did you get here? My mom, anything happens, Take it off. Ah. <laughs> there's, there's a plus side to it, but you know, empathy is always very important. To be able to, the Bible says, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. To get to a point where you can identify with someone's problem and mourn with them, and when they're celebrating, go and also celebrate them. It's, it's, it's a very powerful skill. But there are times when you call someone, and all the, the purpose of your call is to encourage. Has anyone ever sent a text to you or made a call to you and just, you just touched him and you feel like, but wow. So you mean someone read my blog and was blessed? You mean someone saw my post and loved it? You mean someone saw my hair and that hair that I took five hours to make and, and really liked it? You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes you just make those calls. I, I just called you to just say that I think you are very amazing. And, and all the plans God has for your life, I'm praying they come to fulfillment. I think you are awesome. I think you are incredible. Oh. You inspire me. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and maybe your own friendship is friendship with a wink. You know, but without any ulterior motives. Celebrate people. Can we go to that place in Hebrews 10, verse 25? It said something. It says, But exalting yourself, exalting one another. I don't know if it's on the screen. It says, But exalting one another. Do you know that as much as exaltation is a supernatural gift of the Holy Ghost, it's an intentional gift as well? To exalt, to, to call someone reach out to someone and just identify them, just strengthen them. Look, you've worked so hard and I know that you're not seeing the results, but hold on, I see something happen, I trust God for you. I joined my faith with yours. Things will work out. You need it, do you understand? Yes, people have been saying nice things about you, you're doing well, say nice things about other people too. Reach out to them, celebrate people. Amen. So be a supporter. Take, help people with their mental health. Help them out. Help, let them people find you as a distresser. Mm. Do you understand? That if I talk to this person, I know that look, all the pregnant, one major mental health sometimes can, just, can be a sickness, but I find that many times it's induced by pressure. By pressure. Do you, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Pressure, expectations. Everybody expects the biggest thing from you. You are 18. Why are you not president yet? <laughs> president of Nigeria? You know, is that crazy expect crazy kind of expect expectations? Your job to help people's mental health is reach out to your friends and say, see, you're fine. You're still young. I mean it. You're still young. You have time. There's still a long way ahead. Don't compete with anybody. Yes, there's a 16-year-old CEO of a startup who has had two PhDs. Glory to God. This is your own path. It's different. It will always be different. Your pace will be different. What might take someone three months, might take you three years, but you'll still get there. Yeah. Woo! Woo! All right. Let that be the kind of person you 
are, let people hear you and be blessed. Says the wonderful thing, send a text message, send a voice note, celebrate people. I just read that article, I just watched that video of yours. Wonderful, wonderful, keep going. You don't know what seed that saved lives, though. I'll give you my story. Back in school, there was just someone I, I sensed something was wrong with, you know, particularly if I felt something was off. And this is the thing of isolation I was talking about. Right? I just noticed she's been isolated. And I reached out to her. And I just told her those simple words. I love you very much. God loves you very much. Keep going and don't give up. That's all I sent in a text message. This girl comes to meet me the next day in class and she tells me that thank you so much. She hugged me. People are watching, people are watching, like, what's going on? I'm like, hi, hello. <laughs> like, what happened? She was like, no, the tears in her eyes, like, she had planned already that day to end her life. She already had pills she was going to take and just sleep up and not, and not wake up. She's from a broken home, parents, marriage is very toxic. And, and they already split it already. Uh, at that time, they were splitting. Um, she was, she had expressed a lot of abuse growing up. Know, and the relationship she just entered, the guy cheated on her. So compounded, real life compounded issues. But the text I sent that I love you, God loves you, don't give up, keep going. Made that decision, helped her make the decision not to go ahead and suicide. You literally can save a life with a few words. We just literally say, let me think of someone else aside me, reach out to them, and you literally save a life. That's how important it is to support and strengthen people. People need it. Especially as you grow through adulthood, as you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s. Those are the toughest times of your life. You need support. You need it. You need support. Reach out and, and let, you know, receive people's reaching out as well. You need support. Some of you, even your friend, like, no, I'm fine. I was wrong, nothing. <laughs> God has sent you. You say, God help me. I sent your help, but you say nothing. How are your finances? I'm fine. God has blessed me. How's your health? I'm, I'm strong. You know? Being Nigerian, so I'm funny. You're sick. How are you? I'm strong. <laughs> I know you want to have faith, but guess what? The guy who was killed by Jesus met Jesus and said, you know, he said, um, Lord, he said, Jesus, help me. Son of David, have mercy upon me. He realized he needed help and he asked why well, we didn't say I'm strong in Jesus' name. Because I need help. Touch me, help me, Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? So aside from giving up, receive help too. Receive help. Amen. Amen. Don't be so independent that you walk out of God's assistance in your life. Amen. Amen. Then um, one point I wanted to ask that is be mission-minded in your support, right? When when you have a friend of yours. That is, by the grace of God, we all have ministries, right? We all have ministries. I mean, you know, primarily the ministry of reconciliation. We have to reconcile many to the Lord Jesus Christ. But as regards your ministry and your, and your friendships, when you have someone who has a, a specific, um, audacious call on their life to lead a work, to be an evangelist or a pastor or um, an apostle or whatever field it is. Take their matter on your head. Support them. Sponsor them. Are you following what I'm saying? 
See, to do the work of ministry, it takes money. It always will take money. And I think the guys in the, in the secular space, they understand this. If you want to have a concept, you are hosting the video or whiskey, though, you know, that you want to the concept. There's money there. Yes or yes? yes. I think they will say, ah, we need, we need to set up the stage. Let it be. And then like to start to drop. Boom, stage, boom. People are bankrolling this thing in millions. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if you want to see the work of God prosper, it starts with a little support to those your friends. And also believing that what God has started in their life will bring it to completion. Praise the name of Jesus. Number three. Number three benefits um, of, of, uh, of building friendship is correction and love. Correction and love. What's number one? Fantastic for both one another out of good works. Number two, support and strengthening. Number three is correct and love. Let's say correct and love. Correct and love. Pro Proverbs 11 14. Proverbs 11 14. And the, the, the place of, of, of having the right friends around you cannot be understated. It can't be. It can't be. Let me give you what let me give you an idea. Imagine you're at, at a at a point where let me just give you an example. You're at a point where you're about to make a decision about a relationship. And the guy has not been giving you an, giving you any attention. Right? He's not been looking at your side. You're supposed to be dating, but he hardly there's some days he doesn't call you, doesn't reach out to you. You know, and you have two friends. Let's just imagine that those friends, you know, you know those ones in those films. The one in white, the one in red. And the one in white is saying, well, you know what? Um, see, just you know, just uh, patient with him, you know, just love him regardless. You know, your love should be regardless or conditional. Whether he calls you or not, you should call him back, you know, all those things. You don't know what he's going through. You, know, you might be going through terrible things, you don't know. That's one side. You have to dump his ass, Jerry. <laughs> dump the guy. Move on. I don't like that. Go, 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 go. go. <laughs> Let me go let me give you the See, at the end of the day, the person who has your ear can literally change the outcome of your life. Do you know that? Do you know that? Have you heard the story of, of um, what's his name? Um, um, what's this guy's name? Um, is it um, Absalom and um, 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 Remind me his name. Absalom and um, I'm, 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 I'm not Amnon. Yes, Amnon. Yes, Amnon. That story is, is interesting. This guy had an inordinate affection for his half sister. You know that story. I've read, I've read it before. He literally had an inordinate affection for his half sister, and he went to listen. And I believe that that guy had other friends, but he chose to listen to one. He literally went to Absalom and Absalom said, ah, let me, let me teach you what to do. He said, you form sickness, when she serves you, you do this, plan the blueprint. This guy had a chance to review the blueprints, show his other friends, but he, he liked this plan. And went ahead with it and it cost him his life. And Absalom, <laughs> after the thing was done, oh, okay. Jumper, jumper, jumper. He just went. 
And that's what will happen. Many times the counsel you listen to can give your life a whole turn. And the person who gave the advice is not affected by it. But Proverbs 11, 14 says this. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. It's important. This thing called correcting the love is important. Many of you get to a point where you're so independent, you're so achieved, you're so successful, no one can talk to you. And when they talk to you, that question that every Nigerian has at the back and at the front of their mind, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I am that day. They're chasing us, have you? Alright, praise the Lord. It's important that we not just let me let me first talk about receiving correction. When you receive correction, how does it feel? See, yay, I'm so corrected. Thank you. Of course. It's it blood, sweat, and tears. You're like, there's there's an initial place of defensiveness. Yes or yes? Yes. And defensive, no, don't tell me that. I know what I'm doing. I think I'm doing a good job. Don't tell me what I'm not doing right. No, what have you done in your life? <laughs> yes, now. I got you. There's that defensiveness, you know, especially if you're someone who you don't esteem that way. But I think humility demands you're willing to take correction, especially from your friends. They tell you, even if you don't agree with them, at least consider it. Think about it. And then, you know, if you see that there's a place you need to address, address it. Praise the name of Jesus. I think being corrected, being able to receive correction is a powerful sign of maturity. Yeah. Someone corrects you, tells you, you messed up here, you messed up there. That is true. I agree with you. Now, in that moment, it might not be easy to say it. <laughs> but you have, you've received that correction, take it, run with it. Especially if you're someone trusted, and then you tell them, thank you for that correction. I appreciate it. Thank you for having my back. It's not easy, but it must be done. And you too, when you see your friend walking in error, don't say, you know, the Lord said we should mind our business, you know, it's not really my, I shouldn't put my mouth there. If you see them entry, it's like seeing someone about to be hit by a downfall, I say, ah, ah, the guy is listening to music, let me not disturb him. He's blocked in his business, they'll be fine. You see them, you call them out immediately. See, I think you're messing up, and I think I will do that more this year. Amen. Amen. I think I will mind my business too much. I'm about to enter into other people's business. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory. Because your little correction and guidance can change the outcome of the person. Yes, sir. I think that relationship you're in is toxic. There's a limit, though. <laughs> right. Something. I, I think that investment, I don't think you should do it right now. Okay. I don't think you should put your money in there right now. I think you should wait, oh, oh, investigate, oh. research about people before you put your money there. Those are the things that can help the friends. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number four, this one is very important. Anticipate offense. Anticipate offense. Hmm. I'm saying this because when you have two human beings that are not the same, there will usually be conflict. 
The only way you will not have conflict is if you are the exact same person. And glory to God, not that you not have conflict. There's no self-conflict. There's no self-conflict. See again. So, there will always be conflict. And your disposition to this is to always anticipate offense. People will step on your toes. And doesn't mean that every time, see, many of you have changed friends that you change underwear. The best thing stepped on my toes is over between us. Next, friends. Next. Thank you. Thank you. Next. Next. No, you don't like me enough. Next. No, you insulted me. Next. And that's why it's important to preserve friendships. The only see, do you know what it means for you? I think maybe we've not seen the implication. For you to end a friendship with a fellow believer, do you know what that means? If you're a friend with a believer, you ended that friendship, do you know what that means? It's huge. It's huge. God expects us to realize that see, people will offend you. But before they do, you said, prepare your mind to forgive them already. Mm. Like, let them be shocked at how easy you forgive. Now, the truth is, people might have the tendency to take advantage of that. But guess what? They took advantage of Jesus too. Mm. Jesus created these people. They flogged him, spat on him, put him on a cross, took him for granted. All the great. If I met Jesus! Oh my God. You put me on the cross, I'll look at Matt and Subaru. <laughs> you, your mother was coughing, I healed that cough. You have put me here. Ah! It's the audacity for me. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, think about it. You, you are shouting Hosanna, I saw you. Now you are saying crucify me. Hey, let this nails remove. But Jesus on the cross still said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's on. huge. He knew they were going to offend him and he forgave them. Let me read the scripture to you quickly. Colossians 3 12. Very, very quickly. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 12. Friendship is important. I'm going to end on a very powerful note, and I need everyone to pay attention. After I read this verse, make uh, pay attention to it. So let's look at this. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. This is Paul's version to the Colossians of the fruit of the Spirit. Next verse. Uh, verse 13. Read this line. What does it say? Forbearing one another. What does it mean to forbear? Child. To tolerate, right? Tolerate. But let me dissect this word. When you talk about, for if I say my forefather, what does that mean? Before. If you say aforetime, it means what? Before, right? The actual dissection, the etymology of this word says to bear with people beforehand. Mm. To literally say, look, <laughs> you're going to mess up, but I have seen it. And I'll tolerate it still. I'll forgive you regardless. You forgive in advance. And forgiving one another, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, do what? Man, he, he just had to bring Jesus into it, didn't he? As Christ. 
Christ forgive you? Just like you, like those people who were there saying crucify him, you were like them. Well, because of you, he died. And he said, even as Christ forgave you, such a huge debt. Forgive. Yes, sometimes your emotions are telling you that way. Forgive and let your emotions catch up. That's how it works in the day. You forgive and just condition your soul to catch up to the Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. Which was forgive. Tell the person beside you, you must forgive. It's not negotiable. You must forgive. You must forgive. Now, when you have serious conflicts, that turn into a like, very, very bad fallouts. There are some cases where you can end your friendship. But it doesn't mean you won't forgive them. It doesn't mean that the next time you see them, you are seeing only the offenses they've done against you. You see them as people that God loves. Cancel. <laughs> but I get what he's saying. Don't, don't cancel people um, based on their offenses. Right? Forgive. Forgive. You must forgive. Amen. Amen. The last thing I'm going to say is grow your circle. Grow your circle. So we talked about circumference, like, which means the perimeter of, your, of the circle, distance around the circle. I'm saying increase that circumference. Grow your circle. Mm. Grow your circle for the gospel's sake. So let me give you an instance. We went a couple of weeks back, we had an evangelism outreach, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, street lights it was fantastic. It was great. Oh, hey. But this is what wins people. People don't want to be viewed as projects. People want to be viewed as partners. They want to be viewed as friends. So you can go out evangelize to someone. Jesus loves you. God bless you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Ciao. And person will be excited. Oh wow! Someone who cares about me preach this gospel. Day two. Day there. Day two. This person has gone. Said they will call me. Right? They will reach out to me. Five days day there. And just like that, such a connection has gone. But see, for Christ's sake, for the gospel's sake. Make friends with people you want to save for Christ. Mm. Make friends. Grow your circle. Grow your circle. And, and this is one category in evangelism. I'll talk about another category. But when you're when you are evangelizing, let people. There's a guy I'm talking to who's a Muslim and he's a well-learned Muslim. He's not saved yet, but he's on his way. It will happen. Ah, it will happen. But one thing that he knows is that I care about him. I'm a friend. I support him. I choose with him. Do you understand what I say? All these things I support, I strengthen, I provoke. All those things I'm doing for this guy. To the end that he might be saved. Make friends easily. Don't say, you know, person you are talking to, you're evangelizing, that says, ah, my friend. No, no, I'm very picky with my friends. I'm sorry. You're not my friend. They say it first and then maybe we'll think about it. You can't do that. I know someone who has done that. Like, oh, the way I was raised, you know, we're supposed to choose our friends wisely. Like, yeah. Make friends. Like, for the gospel's sake, 
be so friendly, be a relationship expert, make friends. Then on the other part, let me tell you, if there are people that you want to benefit from, from their influence, from the network, make friends with them. Reach out. So you see that um, it's that person who is in that fintech um, space, person who is a guru, reach out. Find a way to make friends with that person. Nah, they really want me out of here. <laughs> no, time is not up now. The next program is 11, right? So this is 10 plus 5. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My point is build networks, right? If there are people doing what you want to do, what you always wanted to do, find a way to make friends with those people. Walk up to them, be confident. Hi, I've heard so much about you. I love what you're doing. I'd like to be your friend. He <laughs> <laughs> shocked you. <laughs> I met, I met, I met um, somewhat of a celebrity two weeks ago. I went, to, I went somewhere to just eat. Seek it to the world. Yeah. <laughs> I met a celebrity and I just walked up to him and I was like, hi, I, I see your stuff, I see what you do, and I think it's amazing. Um, I know this is out of the blue, but I actually get like to know you as a friend and learn from you. Sometimes friendship might not start as full-blown friendship, it might start as mentorship. Mm. It might start as internship. It might start as shadowing them. You gotta stop, bro. <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? See, you want something, you want to benefit from someone, start learning from them. Create a structure where you learn from them. Before time, the friendship will follow. It's strategic, I mean it. There are some people in your life that you need to take it to where God wants you to be. Yes, sir. It's networks. It's networks. Many of you have been for myself. Don't worry, I'm preparing for this right so for my mother's home. I know how to do this. Learn. Partner. Join. Let me give you an example. Imagine you had the privilege to know someone who was a business owner, very wealthy, very rich. And then you have your own project. And you're just talking to him casually that I'm there, we have this project we're doing. You didn't even want to tell him. Have this pressure we're doing is like to me. I don't even know where we're going to find the money for the And we're doing all we can, we're raising money. And we're like, okay, okay, okay. And then, by the way, this is a real story. And I said, okay, okay, ah, no worry, God, God will take care of it. As the person was getting home from their handouts, the exact money the person mentioned. Something that you have worked hard for several weeks, several months, in one moment, someone who you really need the money, just quiet. Make friends, though. You get why. Make friends. Make friends with your pastors. Make friends with your leaders. Make friends with your mentors. Don't just be saying yes, sir, and following. Have relations. Like, talk about things. How are you today? Hope you are good. Buy them something. Give them a gift. I know you drive a lot. Let me send you well money. Just give me an example. Do you get But form minimal, meaningful friendships for the gospel's sake. In evangelism and also building your network, purposeful network. Do you understand? If you have similar interest in something in an area, you, you feel like God created you to do something so big in the tech space, 
filled his space around you of people that have that life mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But if there's anything you take out of what we've done today, is see, you can't do this walk alone. You can't do this walk alone. And that's why God didn't save you in isolation. He saved you into fellowship. He saved you into a family. Amen. Amen. Will you do something about this? Will you be intentional about your friendships? Yes, sir. Will you expand your social influence for the sake of the gospel? Yes, sir. Can we rise up and turn that into prayer? I realize that it's not an easy task to make more friendships and sustain them. But you're going to ask God for grace right now. And even as you are building these friendships, these relationships, that you will, you will be selfless in it. You'll be willing to sacrifice like Jesus sacrificed. God, give me the grace to solidify my friendships and make more meaningful friendships. Yes, there are people like just doing that talk. People, Lord, help me to turn this into something meaningful. Something that brings you glory. Help me to be more intentional. Even at the times when I'm tired, when I'm weak, help me to be more intentional. For the sake of your kingdom, help me to be more intentional. For the sake of someone else's life, who needs the help at that time, help me to be more intentional. Help me to be sensitive. Help me to support. Help me to strengthen. Help me to edify. Help me to provoke the other person to good works. Help me to correct them in love. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And when all is said and done, help me to expand my circle. Help me to make friends much more easily. Those walls that are put up, help me to break them down. Help me to be more vulnerable. Help me to be willing to receive help. I recognize that, Lord, this is how you meet my needs. Using your people. And, Lord, I receive this help. I align to your will. Thank you, Jesus. Help me not to be so self-centered. Help me not to just think about me, myself, and I. Help me to also put others first. Help me to recognize their needs, discern their needs, and meet them. Help me, Jesus. And help me to forgive. There are people that have held grudges against for a long time. But it's against my wiring as a believer. It's against my nature to hold grudges. I forgive. I forgive easily. I forgive easily. Oh, thank you, blessed Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. So precious, Lord in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for this time we spent studying your word. We see the importance of the structure you have put in the church. That we will gather, that we will be in fellowship with one another, that we will love one another. And we make meaningful friendships and relationships. Father Lord, we are here to say we are aligned to your plans. We are aligned to your structure. And Lord, we'll invest in fellowship. We'll invest in friendship. We will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We'll be more intentional about exhorting one another. Encouraging one another. 
to the glory of your name, we have all been informed about making kingdom friends, friends for the gospel's sake. So that Lord, when you look at us, we are a church united. We are a church that is growing, not isolated, but in oneness with you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty, matchless name, we have prayed. Come on, give Jesus a shout. Glory to God. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.